Welcome back, everyone. It's Pete Van Epps, another edition of the Camera Books Podcast. And so a couple episodes back, Joel introduced an idea of bringing some interview tips and best practices to the podcast. And so for this episode, what I'm going to talk about is the three reasons why people get ruled out of an interview. Um, If you know anything about Camera Brooks, you know that we do five career conferences a year and the average interview and average number of interviews that officers have uh, somewhere in the 11 or 12 interviews per officer. Of course, that was affected a little bit with COVID. Um, while we didn't cancel a conference, we saw that number dip down just a bit. And uh, and now here we are, March 2021, back to kind of pre-COVID numbers, if you will. And so um, it, what's the point in all of that? The point is we get to see many, many officers interview And we get a lot of feedback from companies um, on how they did and and if the companies would like to pursue them further. And so although this has a little bit of a negative connotation, why people get ruled out of an interview, hopefully you can take some of the tips and tricks that I'm going to describe today and and apply them in your situation as you're preparing to move from the military. Uh, hopefully you can apply some of these tips and uh, and be more successful and ultimately convert more interviews, right? That's generally what we're talking about here. And so here are the three reasons why people get ruled out. I'll give you the reason. I'll give you a little bit of the backstory. I'll tell you some of the feedback that we typically see at a conference as it relates to this topic and then and then how to overcome and get better. So the first reason that we see, and this is probably the biggest reason, we don't, we don't necessarily um, measure this per se, but I think anecdotally, as I think about why people get ruled out of an interview, the biggest reason is failure to build rapport. And in today's day and age, the preponderance of interviews that, that officers, as they're moving from the military to corporate America encounter, are more conversational in nature. In the Navy, they call them murder boards, where you know you go in front of a, a board of five or six people and they rapidly fire questions at you for an hour and you walk out of the room feeling exhausted and not exactly sure what just happened. Well, in almost every case, that is not how interviewing is, is typically conducted in corporate America. It's conversational. They want to get to know you. They want to they want to get behind the veneer of your perfectly scripted answers. And so people will unfortunately get the sense that interviewing is more like going in front of one of those boards and they'll they'll be really nervous and they'll have these perfectly scripted answers. And and it really comes off as inauthentic. And a lot of the feedback that we hear and see from and from uh, for companies that interview is, you know, I felt like this person was hard to get to know. They were a little too scripted, a little too canned, um, a little too robotic, right? Where where basically an officer goes in there and and he or she, um, um, you know, gives a bunch of memorized, rehearsed answers. And I like to say this, I've been saying it a lot lately, you're not a vending machine, so don't act like one. Don't walk in, okay, I got my question, boom, here's my answer. Really go in there um, understanding that this is a good back and forth. This is a good conversation between two people. Now, please don't misunderstand. I'm not just saying to wing it. Certainly, there needs to be a level of preparation, and I'll talk about that in this podcast. But but the first major rule out is 
is people don't see the interview for what it is, which is typically a conversation, a focused conversation, but a conversation. And so um, they don't do a good job of building rapport. An example of this would be, let's say, um, a, a, a candidate walked into the interview and the, and the hiring manager said, hey, Sally, how are you doing today? What's going on? And they're like, I'm doing really good. And then that's it. And like, as opposed to I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? Right. There's this kind of natural back and forth that people just give up on um, very early or they never even get to it because they're, they're not appreciating the value of the conversation uh, as it relates to the interview. So that'd be the first reason people get ruled out of the ruled out of interviews because they don't do a good job building rapport. The second reason that people get ruled out of an interview, at least that we see, is they fail to connect their background. They don't, it's like officers don't have a good, clear understanding of the essence of the job. And I do this often when I'm doing workshops with officers in our program, and we're looking at an information sheet with a job description, a, a sheet that's describing a company and who they're gonna interview with and what the job is, right, a job description. And we'll turn to that job description and I'll say, okay, so let's read the job description. Is this a team leadership job? And invariably, and, and I've never measured it, but certainly over 90% of the time, regardless of if it's a team leadership job or not, the answer is yes. And it's interesting to me, I've, I've given this some thought and tried to consider why that is. And I think most officers, when they hear the word leadership, they automatically default to, okay, it's a team leadership job, regardless of it's a, it's a programmatic job or if it's a customer facing job or what it, whatever it is. And so I think the big miss is because they're not fully understanding the essence of the job, they, they don't truly know where to grab experiences off their resume, right? And so a lot of the feedback that we'll get in interviews uh, where people get ruled out because they didn't connect to the interview, is it, um, you know, things like, well, they, they, they seem like they'd be better for this over here. Like, let's say it's a, it's a business analysis interview and the, and the hiring manager rules them out and says, man, it seems like they'd be much better for team leadership or operations or whatever it might be. There's just a disconnect because there was a misconnect and the hiring manager didn't get a sense of their experience relative to what they were looking for because the officer, the candidate didn't do a good job understanding the position and therefore communicating his or her experience relative to that position. Uh, position. Another feedback would be, you know, didn't, didn't really understand how their background relates to what they're looking for. Again, it's, it's really the same feedback. The misconnection of the officer's background relative to what the hiring manager was looking for. And so I think in the most elemental terms or the most elemental way to look at this, and this is not perfect, right? But you can generally look at um, your experience in one of three areas in the military. And, and again, this is pretty broad, but if, if you start with these basic building blocks, you can go from there. You know, the three things that companies look for that we see a lot of um, in people moving from the military to corporate America is they're, they're the essences of three types of jobs. You're either going to lead a team 
right? You're going to have direct positional authority over a group of people, coaching, training, mentoring, developing, holding your team accountable, casting a vision, get everyone rowing in the same direction at the same time. All of those great team leadership things that many military officers have experience with. You're either going to lead a team, that's one. Two, you're either going to manage a program or a project, right? So you're going to own something, but the type of leadership that you exert will be more ownership in a, a program or a project or a way of doing things. An example of that in most military uh, branches have this would be like a logistics officer where you're managing the program of logistics for an entire organization. And yeah, you might have a little team with you, but, but that's not the thrust or the essence of the logistics position in your unit. The thrust or essence of the position is to manage the program of logistics. And so that's kind of the second piece. In, in those types of roles, it's more collaborative, it's more cross-functional, it's more programmatic in nature where you're not leading a team, you're managing a program. And then the third kind of essence, if you will, the third big category that we see are roles where you're bringing value to another organization. It could be in a sales capacity. It could be in a consulting capacity. It could be in a, an applications engineer, but anything where, where you're, you, you have subject matter expertise and a product or service that you represent, and you're bringing that to another organization or another part of your organization, one of the two, and helping them, them be more effective in what they're trying to achieve. My, I have a great background for this. I was in the Army as a field artillery officer, and one of the jobs I had was I was a fire support officer. And so basically, I was representing the, the product and service of the artillery to, in my specific case, to a tank company commander. And so this company commander was responsible for a bunch of tanks and all the things that tanks do on the battlefield. And my job was to bring artillery, fire assets and services to this person in order to make him and his organization more effective on the battlefield. So when you're thinking about connecting your military background in corporate America, again, there's nuance to all of this, right? This is not just, okay, that's it. These are the basic building blocks, but think about, try to, try to categorize your resume, your experience in one of three things. You're either leading a team of people or you're managing a program generally or a project, something like that, or you're bringing value to another part of your organization or another organization. Again, there's overlap in some of this. This is not, you know, these aren't mutually exclusive, but if you can see your background in one of three, these three backgrounds that or one of these three categories, that will help you to um, better understand the position that you're interviewing for. And then, and then consequently take the appropriate experiences and accomplishments from, directly from your resume and be able to communicate them more effectively in the interview so that the person interviewing, right, the business professional who, let's assume, doesn't have any military experience and may not understand your background all that well, it, they can understand you're, you're doing a good deliberate job of connecting your background directly to the functional nature of the position that they're looking for. So that would be the second thing, failure to connect. And then the third reason people get ruled out of an interview is that they don't demonstrate interest in a position. I'm sorry. Yeah, interest in a position, but probably bigger interest in a company. You know, broadly, um, I think that people 
mentally self-eliminate themselves from really excellent opportunities way too early in the process. I have, I actually have an example that I, that I talk about occasionally. It's a fairly egregious example. A person came to a camera Brooks conference five or six years ago. Now it's been a while, but this person had um, 14 interviews over a two day period. And this person walked into seven of those 14 interviews. And before the interview even started, for the most part, it's like, hey, how you doing? Great. How are you doing? This person said, hey, listen, I'm not really interested in, in pursuing this and interviewing that. And 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 in, in every case, the, the hiring managers, oh, okay, oh, that's okay. No problem. You know, nice to meet you. And occasionally a couple of them will chatter up, chat this person up. I, I talk to this person after. Uh, after the interviewing. And, and so as, as this person was getting ready to go on follow-up interviews, I, I asked him, I said, uh, you know, hey, tell me, tell me what you were thinking and, and how can I help you be effective in your follow-up interviews? And this person was like, oh my gosh, what a mistake. You know, I didn't realize before I walked into the interview um, how deep or how interesting opportunities were. I was making too many assumptions way too early in the process. And this is just one example. It, I know it's an egregious example, and it's really the only time I've ever, in my short time at eight, uh, uh, Cameron Brooks, eight plus years here at Cameron Brooks, I've only seen that one time. But I will say, I actually see it all the time mentally. I think officers far too often go into interviews without all of the requisite information to make a decision and they self-eliminate and they may go through the motions of the interview, but they don't actually walk into the interview with genuine interest. Now, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to walk into every interview and say things like, hey, you're my favorite company. If uh, if you give me an offer, I'll accept it, right? It's way too early in the process to even say things like that. And I think people that think that's a good idea typically get eliminated early in the process because it comes off as disingenuous and insincere. But if you're interviewing, my the biggest advice I could give you, the, the how-to as it relates to this, don't self-eliminate too early because it's likely, it's likely that you'll get into the interview and learn things about the company and the position that you didn't know before you walked in the room. And I don't care how much research you've done. I don't care if you've gotten a briefing on it. I don't know, you know, if you've you know, if you've gotten all this, amassed all this information until you're sitting in front of the hiring manager and he or she is describing the company in the role in terms that are is firsthand experience you in in almost every case you will not have enough information to make a decision so so if you're going through the process where you're trying to interview with multiple opportunities it's foolish to walk into the interview and self-eliminate too early what why in the world would you do that instead especially if you have more than one interview over a short amount of time, the idea would be walk into every interview like it's your only interview. And when you do that from a mindset perspective, you'll walk in and really consider, you'll give full consideration to things. And, and you know, you may walk out of that interview and you may say, oh, it's as I thought it was. I'm, I, I didn't walk, you know, I, I thought I wouldn't be interested. I'm not interested. But, I, but in, again, in my short time here at Cameron Brooks, I've seen countless people and I've heard, I've heard countless people say to me directly, you know, I walked into that interview thinking one thing and I walked out thinking something completely different. And most of the time it's I walked in thinking I wasn't going to be interested and walked out thinking I'm now I'm much more interested based on what I know. So as you're in this process, companies are 
want to get your background. They want you to, uh, they want to like you, but frankly, they want you to like them as well. And, and if you, if an officer were to go into an interview and kind of be nonchalant and maybe be a little bit aloof and stand back, and I'm not sure I'm so interested in this opportunity, trust me, that will be read as disinterest. And disinterest is certainly a root reason why people get ruled out of an interview. And sometimes I, I talk to an officer and we're, we're kind of in the post-conference process and I share with them, hey, this company ruled you out and, and they're floored. They can't imagine because it was, it was a company that they were really interested. And I read them, hey, the, the feedback here says that they, the company didn't perceive that you were all that interested in them. And, and it's, they're taken aback. Wait, I, I'm really interested in that company. Um, and so it's interesting when I hear that feedback, and it's not all the time, but when I hear that feedback, I think, oh, they, they really missed the mark as it relates to demonstrating interest in the position. So again, I'm not saying make disingenuous. The how would be find things about the company that you're interested in. For instance, you could say to a company, you know, I noticed that one of your core initiatives um, is to reduce your carbon footprint by 50% by the year 2022. That's interesting to me. You know, in college, I minored in environmental engineering, and, and I'm interested in being a part of a company that's focused on uh, improving the environmental condition or something along those lines, right? Where you're not saying, hey, I love you and I want to come work for you. You're saying, hey, you, you, what you do is interesting to me, and I, I find value in what you do. And so, uh, that would be a good way or a good mentality to have as you're walking into every interview. Don't self-eliminate too early. Okay, so the final key, that's the three reasons people get ruled out of an interview. They fail to build rapport, they fail to connect their background, um, and or they fail to demonstrate interest. So what is the key? What is the pathway to doing this successful? The pathway absolutely, unequivocally is preparation. The idea, I, I, I use this example all the time. There's an old movie with uh, Tom Cruise. It's called Jerry Maguire. And Jerry used to say, hey, just get me in the living room. Get me in front of the, the decision maker and I'll convert it. I'm, I'll be the king of the couch. You know, he's like this real charismatic guy. And I think some people make the mistake of assuming that their military experience is sufficient preparation to have interviews in a completely different industry, corporate America. The prep, the, 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 the idea that that is going to be an effective level of prep. You know, if, if you were going to get out of the military and go to another government position or maybe go work in defense, may, maybe your military experience would be sufficient preparation to, uh, to be effective in interviewing. But when you're pivoting, making this type of pivot from the military to corporate America, the Jerry Maguire approach to interview preparation is not a great strategy. Instead, practice interviewing. Get comfortable with what you want to say so that you can have a conversational interview. Understand how many different types of roles that your background can connect to and make sure that you know how to pull out the right experiences in the right moment and then walk into every interview with reasons why the company interests you. There's a lot, even companies you may not have even considered or, or heard about or even known that you would be interested. There's a lot to learn and a lot to explore out there. And so, again, the, 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 the idea would be prepare as you're making the move to corporate America, making this pivot, 
prepare in those ways. And that will certainly help you to convert more interviews and certainly help you to give, give you more options and ultimately ensure that when you make the move to corporate America, you're avoiding some of those early career do-overs by getting into the right opportunity. I hope this was helpful. I hope that you can take this information and apply it in your preparation as you're considering or preparing a move to corporate America. Thanks for tuning in. We'll have another episode in a couple of weeks. And on the next episode, um, I'm going to get together with my colleagues, Joel Junker and Hope Nunnally. And we're going to go through some, some frequently asked questions that we get all the time from officers who are exploring their options and looking at an opportunity and forming a partnership with Cameron Brooks. So stay tuned tuned for that one. For now, have a great day, have a great week, and we'll look forward to talking to you soon.